Hello, and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we connect with marathon swimmers around the world to find out how they got started, what makes them tick, and why they keep going. It's where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers, the connections that we have with each other, our support crew, and the waters we cross. If you've ever stood at the edge of a body of water and wondered what it would be like to swim to the other side, you're in good company. I'm Shannon Keegan, marathon swimmer, water relationship coach, and founder of Intrepid Water, where I virtually teach swimming freedom. Freedom to get started, shed the confines of the pool, or your preconceived notions of what's possible. Find out more at intrepidwater.com. I'm embarrassed at how long this story has been in my hopper. The truth is, I'm not sure the best way to introduce a story like Joe's. It's a story of transformation, feeling uniquely alone, and that uniqueness being what brings us ultimately together. But this story needs to be heard. Thank you, Joe Cole for sharing your story. Enjoy. All right, Joe. Very nice to virtually meet you. Tell me, what's your story? Oh, man. That's such a loaded question, right? What's your story? (laughs) You know, my story, if I had to kind of broad stroke my story, it would be one of transformation. It would be a story of wandering. It would be a story of, I'm so incredibly lost for so much of my life. But it's also a story of discovery and a story of finding, you know, true Joe and what that looks like and the journey there. My story is messy. And on some level, I feel like I'm describing everybody's story. Isn't everybody's story, you know, this? I hope everybody takes time. Yeah, exactly. Take the time to realize that they're just like everyone else. I hope I'm with you. I hope everybody realizes that. I think a lot of people are really hard on themselves and they think that, you know, that they're different. I mean, we're all different, but yeah. Anyway. All right. Tell me, tell me more. There's, (laughs) I've, you know, I, you're right. There are things that happen to us and there are a variety of things, trauma, whatever you want to call it, that somehow, Um, have this way of making us feel uniquely alone and separated. I think most people would resonate with the thoughts or feelings that nobody knows what it's like to be me, that I'm uniquely broken and I'm uniquely alone. And I understand that. And I felt that way for most of my life. I know what that's like. And, And then I would also say, you know, on the other side of that or next door to that or somewhere in that recipe, There's also the things that uniquely bring us together that somehow magically, like, I don't know you, and now we're having this wonderful conversation. There's things that we can participate in or grab onto that make us uniquely feel like we belong or that we're part of something and we're part of a family. And so all of a sudden you can deep dive in a conversation with someone you've never met before and there's a connection. And so that's a beautiful thing. Those two things, the separate and alone and the together and belonging for me, aren't different things. They're part of the same thing for me. Yeah. So I would say my story is a lot of my life spent trying to get rid of one part of the story and only live in a space where I fit in and I belong part of the story. But that doesn't work. That's not a recipe for success. So if you're listening, don't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? I just learned from my experience. Don't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so swimming, right? Because this is a, we're talking about swimming. Yeah. (laughs) We have yet to talk about swimming. You know, swimming is a big part of that journey for me because it, in a large part, it's a spiritual practice for me that has led me to a discovery and a celebration of who I am and where I belong. And it's helped me to, sort of engage fear and pain and sorrow and loss and sadness in a different way. I love it. How did you get to this place (laughs) of finding the water? Let's start with how did you find the water? So, you know, growing up in Newport Beach and uh, Southern California, I've always 
I've always found a place for myself in the ocean. It's always been a thing for me. You know, as a little kid splashing in the waves and that transitions to a bodyboard and some fins and then surfing was a big part of my life and has always been a big part of my life. But of course, you know, there's the other side to that. There's the very egoic side to surfing and the ocean and it's what you look like and the stuff you have and the people who are around you and look at me and ooh, ah, and, you know, kind of that. So I really got sucked into a lot of that, but always love the ocean. I love being underwater. It's quiet. And maybe it's the place where I don't hear myself. and I can't talk. Maybe the quiet for me isn't a place where I silence all the voices around me. Maybe if I'm honest, the quiet I find in the water is a place where I'm just have a break from my voice and the voice that goes on up here in a sense. So as a kid, always drawn to the water, always loved the water. I was a terrible swimmer in high school. I got kicked off the swim team <laughs> because I was smoking pot. That's not good. Um, you know, I was just kind of that kid who always had this love of, but it was never, I don't know, just was always kind of off to the side. So you got kicked off the swim team and then what? <laughs> yeah. You know, in college, I got super sucked into, like in a good way, that sounds bad. I got really addicted to whitewater kayaking and found a lot of love of water in the river. So for me, I feel like I've always needed to have connection to something larger than myself. So growing up, it's always the ocean. But if I move, it can easily be the mountains. I can easily switch that sort of need or thing inside me to mountains and rivers and ice and snow and rocks and those types of things. But then, but I found myself wanting to swim a little bit more in college and then moved to graduate school back East. And like the pool was so bougie and fancy where I went to school. So it was hard to say no, because it's just so like, oh my gosh, why wouldn't I want to swim in that pool? Oh, wow. <laughs> and that turned into, I feel like a lot of Marathon swimmers or distance swimmers have this little blip where we thought we would be triathletes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a thing, right? It's yeah. part of all of our journey. And yeah. I think we're like embarrassed. Here comes the part of my story right. where I tell you that I, I did some triathlon. triathlon. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, and we're like, it's almost like shame. Like, I need to work through that with therapy. <laughs> um, but I did. I had this season where I where I was like so excited that I was this Olympic distance triathlete and I had the bike and the thing and all the stuff and the gear and the special bag for all the gear. And Oh my gosh. But as I went through that, I mean, I would get out of the water in a triathlon, you know, second or third, and then I would get off the bike, you know, in 10th or 15th place. And then like I'm doing the run and there's people coming home from the store with their stuff <laughs> and they're passing me. I'm, you know, like the worst, I, there was times when I would literally take my running shoes off and leave them and think I'm going to be better if I just do this without shoes on. Cause they hurt. <laughs> I just can't run. I'm the worst. Run. Terrible, terrible. But so within that, and this was on the East coast, just fell more in love with training and swimming in the ocean. And so this was in New Jersey where every little beach town in Jersey has in the summer, they do these like one mile swims. It's the Bradley Beach one mile and it's the such and such open mile and the whatever. And so I would just do these. But I found out pretty quickly that I don't really care about winning or competition. So it let, the gun would go off and I'd let everybody go ahead of me. And I would like take a sip of my coffee and watch everybody get through the surf. And then I'd say, nah, it's probably time I get in the water. And, you know, then I would like pick people off left and right. Not my motive, but I just, I just kind of like doing my own thing and like swimming by myself. And so I've, I've been very fortunate to have some swim partners that have really changed my life. So in Jersey, I swam with a gal who was just badass enough to say, yeah, it's freezing cold. Like I'll get, I'll get in there with you. So I did that and kind of journeyed along anyway, through a lot of different things, ended up back home here in Southern California. And at that point I had done, like I had swam, I think the longest I had swam was three miles, which felt pretty long to me. But once again, like the journey is still three miles is something I can't wait to tell everybody about because it's all about how amazing I am. But inside I'm like dying in a pile and I have like my life is 
kind of a mess in a lot of ways, which that's another podcast, or maybe it's this one. I don't know. You can ask me whatever. I'm an open book. But in 2019, kind of that summer, I met a person named Sabrina Houston. What's interesting is when I met her, somebody said, oh, you you do the same kind of swimming that my friend Sabrina does. You should meet her. Her and her husband own a local triathlon store. And so I'm just, this is so lame. And, but I'm going to be honest, I really went in there and I thought like with my chest puffed up, like I'm this like badass open water swimmer guy and I'm going to connect with this other person and maybe I could show them a thing or two. And I went in like just so ah, not who I really am type of person. And we started talking and she said, Hey, I'm swimming later on today. You should come with me. I'm actually getting ready to do an eight hour swim to get ready for my Catalina crossing. And I thought, Oh shit. Like this person <laughs> is a whole different level than I am. Right, like right. I'm an idiot. And I really remember thinking, gosh, I'm so full of myself. It's crazy. I'm just so like, self-absorbed, full of self-righteousness. I mean, this is who I was for a long time. So I met Sabrina and we started swimming together. And I actually, I showed up and helped her on an eight-hour training swim. Like I swam an hour. That was it. Went home, went to bed, woke up the next morning and realized that she still had been swimming all night long. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, mine was blown, but this was even a thing. And then she did Catalina. And I thought, I'm going to do a 10K. I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to swim 10K. Like, that's the next thing I got to do. I'm going to take this up a notch. Like, I can do this. I was really inspired. And um, I contacted a coach in San Francisco and they wrote a training plan for me and it was all good. And like, the training plan totally fell apart because it just wasn't, it didn't work for me because really quickly I could swim 10K, like within a couple of weeks. So, this long term plan, I'm like, just didn't need that. Yeah. I didn't need that. And I felt like, what am I doing? I felt a little lost. And Sabrina said, you know, you should, you should do Catalina, which is funny because when you swim, when you swim a big channel, I think you come home and you announce to everybody at masters, Hey, everybody can do this. Everybody should do what I just did. It was amazing. Right. People are looking at you like, you're crazy. Why would we ever do that? But there's a sense of everybody should take this on now. Right. It's like the on top of the world feeling of like, it resonates so well, at least for me, when I finish this, it resonates so much with my being and who I am that I want everyone to have that kind of joy and that sensation, that feeling like, oh, yeah, you could do it, too, <laughs> even though they don't want it <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And even though there's like there's a giant assumption that, that not like physically that they could do it, but that yeah, most people just don't want to do what we're doing. It just doesn't even sound fun or interesting or no. It just sounds like a big no like a hard pass for most people. So anyway, she was so excited. And I thought, like, could I, I mean, I grew up in Newport Beach. I mean, we just talked about that a little bit. And so, you know, I grew up surfing Blackies, which is the north side of the Newport Beach Pier. And so you sit there in the lineup and you stare at what? I mean, you stare at Catalina. I mean, so I grew up looking at that island. I grew up going there, sailing there, being there, taking boats there and helicopter there once i mean i've been there a lot of different ways i spent time there as a kid i thought yeah like that would be amazing and so that fall september of 2019 i signed up well I'd actually i showed up to swim the la jolla cove 10 mile relay you can do that solo and um it was full so i thought i'm just going to show up and poach it but I was really honest with the person. I said, I'm gonna, I'll wear a yellow cap. I won't run through the shoot, but just so you know, I'm here and I'm doing this. And I kind of just need, and she, she, they were really nice. And she said, okay, if you give me the money right now, I'll just like, you can do it. Right. And I had cash. I had cash, you know, in my Speedo. And uh, so I ended up getting into that event and I, and I did, it's such a, you know, you swim 10 laps, but you have to get out of the water after every lap run through this shoot and then run back in. So, whoa. Yeah, I don't think I would do that again. It was really, it was a lot. But I did it and my pace kind of stayed the same and I felt like, I felt really good after that. And so some other swims here and there kind of put together kind of a sort of a resume for a Catalina Channel application in 2020. 
And because I know people like Sabrina and because, you know, I could put on my list names like Dan Simonelli, right? Everybody knows Dan and he lives in our town and he had paddled for a few things. Like I had just run into him and he said, I got your back. And so anyway, I got a spot for 2020 and started training and um, was pretty excited and naive and nervous. And and then, of course, 2020. Mm-hmm. So March, <laughs> you know, everything, you know, went to shit. And um, so I'm not working and like the pools, you know, you can like only swim for an hour. What the fuck? That does not work with <laughs> our training at all. Um, and then in San Diego, so it's fine. So we'll just swim in the ocean full time. But then we had what's called a red tide. In 2020, there was this the, one of the worst red tides. And it just really felt like any minute now, the whole world's going to end. I mean, <laughs> like, and yeah, I live right I'm... by the water and it mm-hmm. smelled so bad. It was mm. so, all the fish die, all the plants die. Oh my god! Everything dies. It's so nasty. So you, there was really nowhere we could swim. And then of course, as most folks know, you know, then the Catalina Channel, the Federation said, hey, we're all, we're all done. It's over. The season's over. Like they gave us an option to reschedule and then a week later, they just said, yeah, that's not an option anymore. Everybody's rescheduled. We'll see you in 2021, which, you know, is a lot. As you know, you're a couple months away from something and you've put in some time and you've really tried to scratch it all together. So it was pretty exhausting having to pause that and think, okay, I kind of need to get out of shape a little bit. Like I can't keep ramping it up for another 18 months like what the hell like no so kind of got out of shape a little bit meanwhile sabrina and i have become you know we're training partners at this point i'm pretty sure i'm like 25 years older than she is so she's my little sister i mean we're just very very close friends in that way and uh she was training for manhattan and somehow in august of 2020 they cleared her to swim manhattan what the hell and I felt like Manhattan was like so gnarly with COVID, so crazy. And somehow they flew there, uh, her and her husband, Matt, and they did that swim. Have you ever wondered what happens in your body and your brain when you swim? Check out my new podcast, At The Interface, an invitation to non-swimmers and swimmers alike to explore what happens physically emotionally, psychologically, and physiologically when we operate at the interface of air and water. Okay, so you were telling us about Sabrina making it around Manhattan in 2020, despite all the COVID craziness. It was amazing to me to see the people doing things during 2020, because I wrote my season off early, because <laughs> it, it just seemed untenable. And it was amazing to see people still out there doing stuff. So that was just like, a, a like oh, okay, not only do we do hard things, we do hard things when it's really hard. <laughs> You know, seeing people do the English Channel and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, so yeah, where did you end up? So Sabrina went to Manhattan. What about Joe? Yeah, so I ended up, I ended up uh, nowhere. I ended up just hanging on and uh, being disappointed, of course, and feeling um, a little lost. You know, I think you carry, we carry the weight of you know a sw- upcoming swim with a lot of anticipation and joy and excitement, but it's also kind of this heavy thing that's out there like, Whoa, that's coming. And so all of a sudden it's going to be a year, another year of that. So anyway, in 2021, I reapply. I didn't have to reapply. We all just, our permits just got kind of bumped forward. And so kept training 2021. I swam around Coronado Island in 2021. That's when I really spent time with Dan um, who's just such a gentle soul. I don't know if you know him or... I, I was supposed to meet him when I did Coronado in 21, but I he was unable to escort me. So I got to know Jax really well, which was awesome. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we had a few back and forth. So anyway, he's an amazing, amazing person in our community. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. So I did that and I sort of used that as a five-hour swim, like in my training. And Sabrina was training for the English Channel that year. So 
a lot of those things lined up on some level and we just kept doing our long swims on and on. Then I was scheduled to swim Catalina the night of August 2nd on the bottom scratcher. And I had a wonderful team of people put together with lots of experience, Dan being one of them. Um, Of course, Sabrina and her husband, Matt, who was a kayaker and one of my oldest friends I met in the seventh grade um, was on the boat. He's a really good master swimmer and surfer and waterman. But two weeks before that, and we don't need to get into all this stuff, but two weeks before that, my whole life just fell apart. Uh Uh-oh. Like if you were to think of like your worst fears, like the worst thing, like if this happens, I probably won't make it. Like if these things come to be true, I'm going to be just uniquely fucked. Like there's no way I survive that. And all of those things within a week, all of those things in me happened. And uh, it was some really devastating stuff. It was so much that I, I just don't think I cognitively or emotionally or spiritually or just me had time to really understand, okay, did that just happen? Is this happening? And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm filling bottles and getting ready for, you know, to drive up to, to San Pedro to get, on the, <laughs> to get on the bottom scratcher. And I felt good. I, I mean, I physically felt and I had done all the training for sure. So that night leaving San Pedro, feeling pretty excited, feeling like, okay, I need this swim. I need this swim because I need, I just need a break from my life. And um, I need a break from a lot that was going on inside of me and around me with my family. And so we journeyed out to Doctors Cove like you do. And um I jumped off the boat and picked up my rock and, you know, did all the little traditions and all the things and Kevin, the captain and, you know, my whole crew, everybody was cheering me on and it was super cool. And, uh, but you know, Shannon, if I'm honest, like there was this part of me that looks back now and recognizes that who that person was getting off that boat was not, wasn't really me. It was like a version of me that I was trying to be like my mantra was, was, um, and I got this from it. They didn't make it up either, but USA women's soccer, like LFG, right? Let's fucking go. Like that's their thing. And they're such a badass squad. Like I love them. And so that was kind of my thing. Like, like we're going to just crush this and get it, you know, and like just gnarly and rage against the machine. And it was just like, you know, that was kind of the, the deal. And I get that. Some people swim that way. I mean, all people that swim and like punk, they, they're listening to this like old punk and that just fires them up and they're in the water. Like, that's fine. Uh, but that was kind of my attitude. Anyway, got in the water and conditions were pretty shitty, rocking and rolling. Like everybody on the boat, as soon as I start swimming, everybody's throwing up. Everybody's super sick. Like everybody. There's times when I look over and I can see Dan in the kayak a ways away from me. And then way beyond him is the bottom scratcher just getting tossed. We were separated a lot because of waves and wind and current and all the things. It was so messy. So I think I got in the water like at 1030 or 11, but it was around 2am, 2.30 that I just started to feel like something was wrong and I couldn't figure it out. The team, my crew had figured it out or recognized it about an hour earlier like joe's stroke rates changing sabrina who swam next to me a zillion miles can recognize you know even in the dark like something's wrong and i was getting really frustrated i was really angry i remember screaming under the water like just ah like what the ah like why am my body's not doing what i want it to do i was very frustrated I started to slur my speech a little bit. And so they were thinking, okay, he could be hypothermic. Although their temp was 67, which is well within my reach or zone. Although you and I know you can be hypothermic in 85 degree water. So that's not a thing necessarily. But I couldn't 
get my arms out of the water at one point. I just couldn't swing my arms the way like I could kind of, I thought I was swimming, but I, I just felt really different. And then I, I guess they had switched, the kayaks had switched. And so I think Matt was in the water at that time. Most of the rest of this little story, I'm just going off what other people have told me. And so um, I remember calling out for Dan and that's the last thing that I remember. And then the next thing I remember was a couple hours later on the bottom scratcher with people in sleeping bags with me. I woke, woke up feeling like, what are these things glued to my chest? Cause I had the paddles, you know, those things on me. And, and I remember my jaw feeling weird because the nurse, I have a nurse on my team. Her name's Trisha. And, um, she had slapped me as hard as she could, like 15 times. Oh, wow. Um, I remember hearing her on the phone with the Coast Guard. Her and Kevin were like debating. And so I was swimming along and went unconscious face down in the water at 2.30, 2.45. A support swimmer, Scott Wagner, he was ready to jump in. Like, I think at like the three o'clock hour, it was like, he was ready to go. And so he was all literally ready to go and just jumped off the boat and was able to get to me and flip me over. And, um, which I, once again, I have no memory of this at all. Oh my gosh. Which is pretty scary. It's been a couple of years now and I still, you know, the thought of, of, um, kind of a space in your life that you don't have a memory of. But what happened in that space, everybody else in your life has a memory of, and it's really traumatic and scary, like a sense of really being out of control. Like I had no control in that situation and I am, will forever be so thankful and grateful to Kevin and the bottom scratcher team, but then my team who just went into action, um, the Federation and Forrest and all that they did. Um, for me during that time was incredible. I know Forrest was on the phone during that. And um, uh, he was on the phone with the boat in that moment. You know, it was pretty intense. Wasn't really sure kind of what to make of that in the moment. Did your heart like actually stop or, or did you just lose consciousness? I mean, either way they got you out, but I was just, out of yeah. Well, we didn't know for a while. So eventually, you know, at the hospital. So what turned out is I actually had a stroke. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had a stroke. At, I mean, like this next sentence, you know, I had a stroke at 2.30 in the morning in the Catalina Channel. In the middle, um, yeah, swimming. Not like just hanging out on a yeah. boat. <laughs> just swimming. Yeah, right. Yeah, like in a Speedo cap and goggles, like in the darkest, inkiest black, like wow. what the hell kind of situation in really shitty conditions. I mean, my first pace, you know, my first support swimmer got out of the water and looked at everybody else and said, I don't know if I can go back out there. Like that was the most gnarly hour of my life. It was really crazy conditions. So just getting, just navigating us in that water was pretty nuts. So I, I just remember thinking when I came to, okay, I'm on the boat and it's moving really fast. And I, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And of course, you know, your first thought is, I didn't make it. Like, it wasn't about, my, am I okay? Am I okay, what happened? right? It was, it was, I didn't finish. Like, I didn't, like, oh my gosh, now I'm on that list of the people mm. that didn't finish. Oh, and back then, that was so important to me. Hmm. That was kind of a thing for me. And um, I mean, I want to finish, you know, but it was just more self-centeredness than anything, I think. And this was last year, to be clear, September 2021? Yeah, September 20, or August 2021. Wow. Okay, so it's been a year and a half, almost. (laughs) A year and a few months, like a year and five months and a few days. And so, you know, Coast Guard was coming to get me. My body temp was 89.9. And my neurologist would say, hey, even if that was off by three degrees, like, dude, 93 is not okay. So. I remember kind of coming to, and I drifted in and out of consciousness the whole way back to San Pedro. Coast Guard was, you know, rotors were turning. There was conversation, you know, do we go back to two harbors? And did they pick me up there? Is it better for me just to have like 
bottom scratcher all the way back to San Pedro and all the things. And, and I just had this sense in me that I just needed to go home. Like I just wanted to go home. I just kept saying I could just wanted to go home and I wanted to be in my home. I wanted to be near my kids. I have four teenage boys Wow, who are all amazing and they're super great in the water, but I just needed to go home. And so I, in the way that I can be so wonderfully manipulative, I know that just took a left turn, but it's just a thing. I was able to convince the Coast Guard to let me go home and not go straight to the hospital because I had a I had an RN with me the whole time. So they said, well, if you, so I just wanted to go home and let my team go. And then, then that person will take me to the hospital. But I wanted to be in the hospital near my family. I didn't want to be in the hospital in LA. Wow. Okay. You know, I wanted to be somewhere where like I was at home and I work in healthcare. So I wanted to be around some people and some places that I knew. And that drive home was hell. It was, I mean, I felt so bad and so disconnected and my body felt like it had been turned inside out. Like I felt exponentially worse than I've ever felt after a long eight hour swim, which typically I get out of an eight hour swim and all I just, you know, I'm like, that was fun. Like yeah. it's good. But I just felt, I felt like I had been dragged behind the boat for a day. I felt so, I was so foggy. I couldn't get it together. My balance was off. I couldn't eat. I was throwing up. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, you know, and I'm like covered in desitin, which is like so gross. <laughs> right. like who's, I don't know what person said that was the right thing to do. It's not, it's just, uh, I hate it. It's almost like I'm in a wetsuit. Like desitin makes me feel like I'm like being trapped. Like I'm trapped inside of something. And I am, I'm trapped inside of desitin. Ugh. <laughs> hate it. Then anyway, even I went to the hospital and was there for quite some time as you can imagine. And, you know, the beautiful part is, is I think every day I got a phone call or a text from Forrest. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the president of the Federation. And, and I know for sure every day I woke up to a text from Kevin Bell and uh, it was, I came home pretty freaked out, pretty messed up off work for a month not feeling real good about my life, about my body, about swimming. But I, on the way home from the hospital, sent Kevin a text and said, what's your 2022 calendar look like? And he just said, dude, we're doing it. It's happening. Let's go. Let's go. He was so into it. And then later on that day, I had a conversation with Dan Simonelli who said, um, hey, I just want to encourage you not to book any swims or not to do anything for a while. And I just want you to like, he gave me the best advice. It was his, he was right. Just like heal and relax. And there'll always be time for swimming, fall back in love with swimming. Like it was a really scary thing that we all just went through. Take it easy. And in my mind, I was like, shit. Like I had just sent, I just sent Carla or whatever. It is. I just sent the bottom scratcher, like a thousand dollars. Dang it. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And I second guessed myself. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't know. It is what it is now. Like, let it go. Just let it go. So I just let it all go. And um, I'm very grateful for the community, the swimming community that in a lot of ways, you know, they, um, like in a season in my life where I, it wasn't that I just didn't believe in Joe. Like I couldn't believe in Joe. I just, you know, the swimming community, they believed in me. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a long stretch. Sorry. There was a long stretch where I would probably say that uh, there was just a, lo a lot of time where I didn't know how to love who I was and where my life had ended up. All of this shit had happened. And now, like, and now I felt like swimming had been taken away. And swimming had been ruined and swimming had been tainted and swimming now was trauma and death and fear and, and, um, and the swimming community, people like Sabrina and Matt and Dan and Forrest and Kevin and my team, like they, they loved me in a time when I didn't know how to love me anymore. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. 
And I'm very, very thankful. And so the story moving forward becomes a whole lot less about swimming. I mean, swimming's the thing that we're doing, but it's it becomes just about something different. Because I think out of that trauma and darkness, like actual darkness, I just started asking different questions about who I am and what was important. And so I started training in January of 2022. And I just trained differently. I didn't train for volume. You know, I stopped training the way I saw other people training. I stopped swimming as much as Neil swims because that guy swims like, he's crazy. Dude, relax. You're making us all look bad. Like I, I just was, comp- I had lived a life, my whole life comparing myself to other people. And I stopped doing that. Nice. I decided to just swim the way Joe swims and to swim because I want to swim and I know when I need to rest and I know when I need to take it up a notch. And Sabrina got pregnant that year, which was awesome. And she's had, had a baby and he's super cool. And oh my gosh. So I trained with her for a little bit, but then eventually, you know, she bailed so selfish, whatever. And, um, which was cool because it kind of left me alone right? It kind of left me with just me again, like this new engagement of Joe and this new discovery. And so my long swims were so different. We're so different. We're just so mellow and, and big. And like my eight hour swim in La Jolla, um, I swim with a pod in La Jolla, this group of people who are so funny, so accomplished, so badass, and so humble mildly inappropriate all the time they're just so fun and they just supported me and loved me and that eight hour swim was just gorgeous i mean beautiful there's been some big sharks down here this year and we saw some big sharks and i just was you know like i remember being faced with the decision like at three in the morning seeing the bioluminescence on a really big great white thinking huh, well, I mean, we can get out (laughs) or you can just choose to say, gosh, nobody else gets to see this. Like nobody else gets to see this beautiful creature light up at three in the morning off Torrey Pines. Like what is crazy? It was so crazy. Tom Hecker was paddling for me. And um, anyway, so just so beautiful and showed up at that swim on August 15th to swim Catalina again, same team plus or minus a few people, right? Sabrina's on land crew. And I had another, another gal, Sydney Russell. She's paddles a lot and and is a pretty accomplished swimmer and coaches. And so she was there. You know, I decided that on that swim, I was going to do it differently. I decided that one, it wasn't about the swim, that the swim itself was going to be a celebration of who I am, not something that was going to make me who I am. It was going to be a celebration of who I am, not a celebration of all the training, although that's fine, but just a celebration of true true Joe. Oh, my team, we're going to do this. We're going to do this the way I really want to do this. And I'll be honest, Shannon, I didn't know how I wanted to do it the year before because I didn't know who I really was. I'm just discovering this in this process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just super touchy and lovey and I'm a feeler and I'm empathetic and I didn't want to hide those things. I wanted to express those things in my swim. So we hugged a lot and I told my team, I love them a lot. And we kissed a lot. Like I'm Jewish and in my Jewish faith, like Jews kiss. I mean, I know a lot of cultures kiss, but we kiss, we're kissers. So we kissed a lot and loved a lot and hugged a lot. And there's a lot of peace and a lot of calm and heading out there to Catalina. Everybody within 15 minutes was sound asleep. It was great. It was so good. And I listened to, I did a meditation and then I listened to some Grateful Dead because that's the right thing to do. And so relaxed and so much peace and so much calm. I'll never forget somebody that I meditate with a few weeks before Catalina said to me in regards to my 2021 swim, she said, have you ever considered that that swim went exactly the way it was supposed to go? (laughs) And and my response to her in that moment was 
fuck you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, so you're saying I was supposed to have a stroke and that's not what she's saying. She's just saying I was this angry, frustrated, dark, overwhelmed, exhausted, like black. And that swim was a reflection of that. And so 2022 was a reflection of who I really am. Mm-hmm. And so one, I didn't wear Desitin. <laughs> I just didn't do it. Like I, I, I told my team and it frustrated a couple of people on the bottom scratcher for a minute. But when I feed, it's not a quick thing. You know what? It's going to take me a minute and a half. Cause guess what? Guess who's not breaking any records? Me. And I don't care about that, but I care about relationships. And so I need to hear a joke and I need to, I need to hear from my team and I need my team to hear me laugh and I easily get the giggles. And so I needed to let that happen. And I needed to tell Dan that I loved him and I needed to like embrace, like you guys just pause. Like the moon was so big and the conditions were so perfect. I mean, it was just flat and, and glassy and bioluminescence. And it was, and sometimes they were like, you got to keep moving Patricio on that. But I was like, he's got to feed faster. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not who I am. As much as I need the physical fuel, I needed the fuel of people and love. Connection. And yeah. I right. That too. So, I'm always like, how's everybody doing? That's what my feeds every time. Yeah, everybody okay. Too. I love yes. you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so important. It's so important. And I, so I took the time to do that. And, um, it was so beautiful. Not once on that swim did I ever feel like it was too much. I didn't, I never went to my bag of tricks, like the mental mind things that I, you know, I rarely sang songs, which I have a lot memorized. I just sort of lost myself and I just was Joe and I swam. It was so beautiful. Dennis, pace swimmer from the year before, or support swimmer. I think it was like four in the morning, three 30 in the morning. And we were separated from the kayak and the boat for some reason, just a little, just enough to make us feel like, Whoa. And I stopped and looked at him and said, man, we're like in 4,000 feet of water. It could not get any darker. We're in the best shape of our life. And we're out here together. And we met in the seventh grade and I love you. And he, we just like, we literally had to like, (laughs) like dump out our goggles we were like so emotional it was just so moving and beautiful anyway it was so good all night and kevin came down and made burritos for everybody and he had provided free galley service and brought a crew member and all the food paid for it all and just like hooked my team up it was so fun and of course all i can do is smell it jeez right i can't (laughs) i don't get any bacon i can just smell the bacon you know Anyway, eventually my team gets in the water with me and we start swimming into that final stretch and, and, you know, Dan's kayaking and I can hear him tell the team to back off a little bit. You can just feel the excitement. You know, I remember once Dan just said, Hey, you're almost there. Like, let, let it just draw you in. Like, don't pick up the pace. Don't do anything. Just let it just draw you in naturally. And my stroke rate and my pace were the exact same, the entire swim, 12 hours and 28 minutes. And I remember swimming and it was like, I could see people and then I could see who those people were. And then, um, I can remember seeing the bottom, the sand. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is happening. And I stood up. And when I, when I heard Sabrina scream and yell for me, after all we've been through, like I just fucking lost it. I just, I was just a wreck. And when I just start sobbing, like it wasn't even a release of something. It was more just overwhelmed with this new life, this rebirth, this, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it, it was like the resurrection of Joe, the celebration. Somebody said it was like you were baptized for 12 and a half hours. And that's not even my language. It just like, whoa, was crazy but my, my youngest son had come up to be part of the crew and so i hugged him and hugged everybody that were there and after you passed the water line of, of course right yeah of course like ran <laughs> up got the dry land they honked the horn you know it's so funny like the bottom scratcher says keep going keep going like they always tell you 
we I know where to go. I know <laughs> what the rules are. Like, are you kidding me? I've imagined this for so long. So of course, yeah, I go up and get to dry land and the horn honks and then all the hugging and loving and my team comes aboard and we all take pictures and and um all the things and it was just so beautiful and the water for the last couple hours was like 62 63 so it had cooled off quite a bit on that shelf and i didn't realize i had never felt it felt refreshing to me more than anything it was like good morning i love this wonderful everybody else was cold and so we headed back to the boat and of course trisha same nurse who was so happy that her night was so boring <laughs> and she she just spent the night you know everybody just that the crew like all night just talked and laughed and tom hecker and um Don Van Cleef, he was, those are my observers, right? They put on like these two old veteran swimmer observers, Federation board member guys, like they were watching, they were like in, in full support of the swim. Like they wanted to be successful. I know Forrest kind of checked in. And so they're getting me changed and getting me warmed up. I was so fine. I mean, I didn't, I never had the drop or the shivers or anything like that. And at one point, Trisha took the light off my suit and the rock that I had carried from Doctor's Cove, you know, that thing. And anyway, it was just a great celebration. It was really cool. The next day, I called Trisha and I said, I said, hey, remember that rock that, you know, was in my suit that I feel like you took off or took out, you know, when I was changing? I said, where's that rock? And she paused and she said, well, was that important? I mean, uh, was that a thing? And I said, well, yeah, that's the rock that I carried from, you know, Catalina to Palos Verdes. And she said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I just thought it was a rock and I <laughs> threw it over the side. <laughs> and uh, we just, she felt bad. And I just laughed and laughed, right? Because it wasn't about the rock. The swim before was about like, you got to accomplish and conquer and do this thing. And and be part of this thing. And the rock was significant. Like if I'm on the list in the long swim database, then I'm a part of something. And I realized that I was a part of something before I even start the swim. Mm -hmm. The morning of the swim, I just realized that I was, I really, I had this moment of emotion where I realized I was enough and I don't need to do the swim to be anything else. I'm fine. We laughed about that rock for some time. The next day, Thursday, I ran into one of my land crew, his name's John, and he's a really important guy in my life and just a really good friend. And he knows nothing about swimming and nothing about what was happening. I just invited him up. And so he didn't really realize what he was going to be a part of. And when we saw each other, we both burst into tears of like emotion and joy and woe and our friendship. And he hugged me and he said, I had no idea what you were really doing until I saw it. And he said, it was so cool. And thank you. And wow. And he said, I don't know. If I was supposed to do this or not, but you know, while I was on that beach, I picked up this little white rock and um and I saved it and I wanted to give it to you um just as a way to remember. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wasn't supposed to carry the rock that Joe carried, right? Mm. The rock that floats in my swim bag right mm -hmm. now is the rock of community, is the rock of connection and the rock of other people, the rock that was given to me and was just so moved in that moment. And so I believe I, I have the right rock, not the egoic Joe rock, but the, um, some, I don't know, a different, the true Joe rock anyway. Yeah. I love it. That's an amazing, amazing story and a million different levels. Like I, I love the, that you've been able to shed the comparison and find yourself trained for yourself. The second time around, you, you mentioned that your relationship well, you didn't say your relationship, but you said that the water means something different to you now. And I'm curious what it means to you now and if you have any future watery pursuits or if or, or where. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, the water has, and I think it became this even before Catalina, but the water became a place of celebration and a place of renewal mm -hmm. and a, a place of hope. because. My whole life, I've been trying to run away from the traumas and the hurt and the pain and the nobody knows what it's like to be me feeling like we were talking about. I've been trying to run away from that. But for me, the water also represents that. That's a part of the water for me. Of course it is. 
it's a place of real trauma for me. But I've learned that it's going through that and experiencing that and embracing that and feeling all those feelings too. That that is also the place where I find love and healing and wholeness and forgiveness and joy and celebration and uh, community and belonging. So the water really represents both of those things. The water is a place of tension for me. In the, and, I, and I hold the tension of fear. We all have it, I think. Maybe, maybe I, sh- I think we all have it. That's a better way to say that. The tension between the fear and the heavy and some sorrow and scary and, and loss, because I have loss in the water. And then on the other hand, a place of belonging and community and the giggles and fun and family and all of that. And I think that tension in the water reminds me that right in the middle of all of it is love. And that's what it's, you know, for me, that's what it's just about now. I mean, that's it for me. So yeah. um, beautiful. Yeah. So moving forward. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just keep swimming. I love to go swimming and I'm going to keep swimming. And Sabrina and I are doing some, um, we're going to do some swims this year in 2023. Cool. We, we lost us. We lost a swimmer um in 2021 was taken from us Mm. and so she was going to swim that year she was going to swim the california triple crown Mm -hmm. so we're going to finish that for her this year that's great yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing your story joe yeah thanks for listening (laughs) to my story i appreciate it it's a good one I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you were inspired by even just a moment of this story, please share it with a friend. You never know what might push someone out of their comfort zone so that they can find out what they're capable of. And please leave a review with your podcast provider. It truly helps others discover the raw and honest stories of these amazing endurance swimmers. Thanks for listening.